0: Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the Dwight Howard trade. Now he's a member of my Brooklyn Nets. So, of course, I'm going to be talking a little bit about that and who got the better of the deal between Brooklyn and Charlotte. We're also going to talk about the rest of the NBA draft, and we're going to talk more about certain teams in the NBA. We're also going to talk a little Major League Baseball and talk about the Baltimore Orioles and the dysfunction that is the Orioles and what they can do to maybe turn things around in the MLB. My co-host Adrian Catwell joins me out, calls, and that's right now on Guys Talk. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talk is Sports. Great to have you there. Well, great to have you here on the podcast. Uh, so much we got to get into, um, even though it may seem like a light week. But for now, let's jump right into it. I got my boy Adrian Catwell with me. So what's going on, Ace, man? How you doing?
1: Man, everything's good, man. Sorry we missed our, our usual day, but we're picking up the slack on, the, you know, the following days that you guys, you guys are really out there yearning for um, to intrusion sports partner.
0: Exactly, exactly. And, of course, Earl is on special assignment, so he couldn't make it with us. Uh, shout out to Earl Ross, of course. Um, but we're going to get right into it. Like Adrian said, um, sorry we took a day off, um, but we just want to make sure we had everything up and ready to talk about. And what better fitting to talk about what's going on in the world of sports today, um, especially for me being a Brooklyn Nets fan, found out this morning that the Brooklyn Nets traded Timothy Moskov and this year's second round – one of this year's second round picks in the upcoming draft tomorrow and a future second round pick for Dwight Howard. So after six years of talking about Dwight coming to Brooklyn, he's finally in Brooklyn. Um, I don't know what you've heard in regards to the trade. Um, me personally, I thought that the Nets made – like the Nets robbed him. Um, basically taking on Dwight Howard's contract for one year um, and then having to shell out, you know, don't having to worry about Timothy Mosgoff additional year going forward. Uh, thought that the Nets made out like bandits. I um, was really puzzled the fact that Charlotte would actually deal Dwight Howard and take back Timothy golf But in the end, they did what was necessary, I guess, for their own good. But I thought that was a win for – definitely for Brooklyn. Um, even though that it will stunt the growth of Jared Allen because, of course, I am a Nets fan. Um, maybe it may stun it for a little bit, but I think that it would also help mentor um, J- Jared Allen to be a, a, a better center going forward. Uh, so I from the rumblings that I heard, I heard that Dwight Howard was definitely not a great teammate um, because this is his fourth team in the past four years. Uh, with Houston, Atlanta, Charlotte, and now Brooklyn, um, from the rumblings I'm hearing, especially LA. in L.A., of course. Mm-hmm. White Howard is not the best teammate, um, quote-unquote, from the rumblings. And those are rumors, um, but it seems as though that if everybody's dealing with him after one year of him playing there, it may have some weight behind it. So um, I'm a little bit worried. About that, uh, I think that, you know, don't get me wrong, Dwight is still a good player. Um, He's not where he once was when he was at Orlando, but he is a good player. And I still think that going forward, it's still an upgrade um, at the center position, even though I love Jared Allen, don't get me wrong, but I think it's still an upgrade in the the center position, at least for a one-year rental. Um, Then after that, no matter what they do after that, they'll still have the cash space to go after two max, two, max players or two high price um players in the next year so um that's my take on it i don't know if you had anything else to add in regards to it or if you had any questions um ace
1: um i'm curious uh because i know they're not going to go after two max contracts this upcoming off season but um during this season off season yeah. but next season um there's some pretty attractive names out there. And I was having a conversation with some other, fellows, uh, other friends of mine who they don't believe that anybody would be willing to be lured to booking. But if you had your opportunity based off of you're figuring that uh, Dwight Howard is going to come off the book. Um, you got two max contracts coming. I know, I know Kyrie. He wants to play in New York, don't know if he wants to play the MSG or if he's concerned about playing at the Barclays. New York is New York. Brooklyn, Manhattan is not not too far of a distance between the two. He's concerned about being from Jersey and family and friends who come see him play on a more regular basis. Um, but also Clay Thompson will be available. Draymond is going to be available. Um, so there's another big name. I can't think of it off the top of my head. That's going to be available next to you. If you had your pick, a little, If you're the GM, and you got your young studs that are there, and you've been bringing two max contracts, who would you try to go after? Considering um, I don't know who you might have to gut to, you know, to bring those guys in. Well,
0: the two names that's. Um already been talked about that could make a possibility especially if Kyrie is one of them is he's definitely good teammates and good friends with Jimmy Butler and um, that can also be a, a a person that Brooklyn can go after as well um, me personally I would love to see Clay Thompson um, in the mix um, with him in the mix along with Alan Crabb and depending on what they do with D'Angelo Russell because he is off that would be the final year of that contract as well. So depending on what they do with D'Angelo, if he – if, he, if D'Angelo shows out and does what he's supposed to do and be the star that he's supposed to be, then I don't see them going after Kyrie in 2019. Um, but it all depends. It basically all comes down to what they do this year and who they decide to keep or who they decide to let go. Um, mm-hmm. The young pieces are there. Um, Whether because they do have a young piece in Jared Allen at the center. So the center is kind of like locked up. I think they really need to go after a a big four, uh, a stretch four that can shoot. Um, Anyone down that road would definitely help them, ideally. Uh, But I think that it all comes down to – I think Brooklyn is looking at what they have now. They're going to evaluate what they have now this year. Whoever they add on during the offseason and whoever they bring to this team, they're going to evaluate them heavily because once that year, this year is up, depending on what D'Angelo does, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson does, there's all depending on whether or not they're going to keep them and how much they're going to offer them. At the end of the day, they do have – they also have their, their first-round pick coming up too so regardless of the fact they got three key pieces which is one of the reasons why I thought they wanted to trade hands down anyway because in 2019 not only do they have two max contracts they can offer to anybody they also have their first round pick back and depending on what their record is going to be it could be as high as the number eight from one through ten so Mm -hmm. I think that they're in a great shape to be to prepare for 2019 now Depending on it's like like you said, it's going to be a difficult su- sell to come to Brooklyn. But I think that the max offers that they have makes it a lot more intriguing. But
1: so what about um what, what's your take on Jahlil Okafor?
0: I think they never really gave Jaleel Okafor the time because he was traded mid-season. Um, I don't know whether or not they're going to keep him or not. Because to be honest. Um, they could let him be an rest- unrestricted free agent this year. So if they brought in Dwight Howard, I doubt they're going to keep Jamil Okafor as well. Um, I think that they have their nucleus, their backcourt in um, Dwight Howard and Jared Allen, at least for this year.
1: Wait, wait, was Okafor, uh, Okafor playing the four or the five?
0: He was playing the five.
1: Could he play the four?
0: No, not in this age. Um, he could have played the four back in the day, um, but that's why the way the Nets' offense is right now, they need to stretch four. Stretch four that can pretty much do all those things. That's why they had Rondé Hollis-Jefferson starting at the four because he was an energy guy. He may not shoot the ball extremely well, but he was good enough on the defensive end to give them what they needed to provide the win.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So... Um, that's one of the reasons why they need to upgrade at the four. Now, what they do this year, who knows? We'll see how that plays out. But I really think that the development, they're at the end of the development stage. I think they're now in the evaluation stage of saying, okay, what are, I am going to keep and what am we going to look to just move on with? And like I said before, they have so many players with big contracts coming off the books next year. So I think they have it set for it to be – 2019 is going to be a very interesting year for New York, for the Brooklyn Nets, I should say.
1: All right. Now, still sticking with basketball a little bit, what are you thinking – how do you feel about Puma? And they're coming up and scooping some of the two of the top – prospects from coming into the NBA draft. Um, I think I heard on the radio where Vince Carter was the last NBA player to sign a contract with Puma in only last two years. And that was that. Um, and they're trying to get back into that space. I know Puma is huge in soccer. Um, and they're huge in track and field and other sports. So, I mean, it's not like Puma's hurting for money. But they understand that the NBA is... Uh, a really great opportunity to come out with a decent, halfway decent, or pretty good looking shoe to rival on the armor and uh, Adidas fan, Nike. So, what's your take on it? I mean, I, I, I mean, I didn't really, I had no idea that Puma was even even had a sneaker at some point or some name star had a sneaker with Puma. So, this was all new to me when I heard it today. So, I was just curious. What Excuse me, what you thought about that?
0: Now, to be honest, I thought it was about time. Um, they should have done this a while ago, but it's good that they're doing it now. And they're starting with the rookies because they have to start somewhere and it's smart for them to use the rookies that are just coming into the NBA because it gives them a sense of they have them locked to a contract. So if they do become like the next Donovan Mitchell or the next Ben Simmons, they're already signed and they're, you know, Pumas is out there. So I think that they should, to be honest, they need to focus on the rookies because if they focus on the rookies and not the stars, then it gives them a sense of, of, of a place of where they can be shown in the NBA. Not going after the particular stars, but focusing on the rookies itself, it'll be the, I guess, the stepping stone for them to get their mark in the NBA. To be honest, they should do it for all rookies, whether it's NBA, NFL, and, and Major League Baseball. I mean, I think that would be the smart way for Puma to go. And I think that will give them a sense of an identity, knowing that, you know, we'll handle the shoes for majority of the rookies coming into their pro sports. And if they want to stay with them, it could be their nice introduction for them. So I think it's a win. And they should focus strictly on the rookies at this stage.
1: I wonder, because uh, I think Jay-Z is heading part of uh, this initiative with Puma. So I'm curious to know if it was the name Jay-Z that kind of lured them to Puma or, or is Puma banking that if Jay-Z has some sort of linkage to it that those who are diehard Jay-Z fans will give Puma a shot to buy their sneakers? Well, I hmm. I mean, I think it's,
0: it's both, actually. Uh, I think Jay-Z, no, to be honest, I take that back. Having Jay Z behind it helps definitely, because and the head of of operations, I think, for Puma, right,
1: marketing and something or the other. Yeah,
0: I still think that, I think that helps. I think that helps not only. I hope it helps Puma a lot because now you have somebody to to put the icing on the cake, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So if jay-z goes out he's rocking pumas they do commercials with jay-z and the rookies you know i think it's a win for all for both situations
1: well, i'm curious to know how the video games or how nba live and 2k would jump on this uh puma bandwagon and add them into the video game so that too is another way of marketing and branding uh puma in a way um that kind of makes sense to them um, I'm, and like you said, they're banking on one of those two rookies coming up and being the star that they think they're going to be. Um, and provide them with a, with a, with a springboard of success when it comes in the space of basketball, because obviously Nike was the king of that mountain for so long, but Adidas has come on really strong. And the Armour is taking a chunk. I think now Nike only, at one point Nike was over 90%. Yeah. Of the shoes in the NBA. And I think now they're down to like 50, 55% with Adidas and Under Armour. I'm sure it's Adidas more so than Under Armour. The only person I know that wears Under Armour in the NBA is Steph that I'm aware of. I'm sure they're not Um But Steph being Seth, and people are buying his shoes at the right to, because of Seth Curry. Um,
0: so it will be interesting.
1: I, I, I don't believe Nike has anything to fear as far as losing money. But if Puma comes out with some fire shoes, uh, I could see that 55% dipping down to maybe 45%, 42%, because I could see Puma having a bigger share than Under Armour just because Puma's been around for a lot longer and is a more commodity versus Under Armour. And I don't consider Under Armour being come up because they, they've definitely established themselves in, in sports. But um I think Puma can really steal a little bit from it on, and if That And if they do that, that's a win for them, especially I, I, if it to basketball.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, shout out to Nike, even though I'm rocking it right now. <laughs> shout out to Nike. But, um no, I agree with what you're saying, Um definitely. And I think that's what all they're looking for is to just take a chunk out um see what they could do as far as develop i mean as as far as marketing i'm in the nba and see if that could take off um in some way shape or form so it's gonna be very interesting to see what puma does going forward with what you know what they do um i hope they don't bank on just those two because if they bank on just those two rookies they're not gonna last long they better have a long-term goal in mind um and i
1: hope and i hope they uh they try to go into the college ranks too. Um, try to try to steal a couple. They don't have to go after the big name programs. but kind of try to go after some of those lower level Division One schools uh, to try to get get some sort of uh, exposure on that level too. You know, they don't have to go with like I know Division One basketball is about three hundred and twenty sixteen. They don't have to go up to the number three twenty six but they can go after somebody who's on a big, you know, that plays the big sky conference who may get a little burn on ESPN plus or may get some ESPN, ESPNU coverage. They can see their product out there and it might, it might encourage some folks to go out there and um possibly grab a pair of sneakers or two. You never know.
0: That's true. And that's why I'm also thinking that they're going to have once they, um, I I, once they do once the um, rookies do get drafted, I think all bets are off. I think that's when you'll see the commercials come out with Jay Z with one of the two rookies Mm -hmm. or both rookies, and I think those commercials is going to also sell um, people to watch to to look at their shoes as well.
1: I agree. I agree for a lot of it. Cool.
0: Cool. Um, So real quick with the NBA draft coming out tomorrow. Looks like DeAndre DeAndre Ayton is going to be locked as a number one. He wants to stay in in, um, Phoenix. Um, But there's a couple of interesting things. Um, A couple of um, rookies, I should say, um, or prospects, um, didn't want to give certain teams their medical information, Um, basically just telling them, hey, I don't want you guys to draft me. Um, Let me ask you a question. Do you have a problem with – rookies doing that, saying like, hey, I don't want to go to this particular team. Matter of fact, I don't even want you guys looking at me. Um, I just don't want to be a part of your organization. Do you have a problem with rookies saying that or coming out saying that they don't want to be a part of their uh, the NBA organ- I mean, team uh, NBA team in general? Ally <sighs> <like> Eli Manning.
1: <laughs> yeah, but see, the thing about that was – baseball or football, they have more than two rounds. And I'm not saying that, you know, in particular like I just read an article where um Trey Trey Love what was his name? Trey Young. Uh, Trey Young from Oklahoma didn't want to work out for the Cavs. But secretly had to work out with the Cavs just this past weekend. Like initially he didn't want to, but now I guess he came around and worked out for the Cavs. Um to me, I don't I don't see why it doesn't make sense to me. I mean in the NBA, if you become that dude, you could pretty much dictate how and when and where you want to go. Uh, in case of putting how Kawhi pretty much got the Spurs by you know, by the balls and was like, look, this is what I want. I'm not gonna play for you guys. It's either you're gonna work with me and do what I want. I mean, they can still kind of screw them a little bit because they still take you know holders right and send him somewhere else where he doesn't want to be and kind of put him in a Kyrie type of situation, but it's still a good situation. Um, But in the same sense, I, I don't know if I'm a rookie and because the Memphis Grizzlies only won seven games last season, I don't want to work out for Memphis because, you know, they suck. But yet, I don't, you know, I don't know how the contracts work very well in the NBA, especially I know they have rookie contracts and things, so it's not like, it's a very huge contract, but I don't know if it's slotted like the NFL, like you know, the first pick versus uh, the 30th pick in the NBA where it, it goes down a little bit every time. If it were me and I'm going to – I'm a first-round pick and I'm guaranteed some money and I don't necessarily have a endorsement deal already, I want as much guaranteed money as I possibly can. And then from that point I know whatever team is gonna draft me, I'm gonna go ball out. Because if I ball out and I do everything that I need to do, one they're gonna probably pick up my option. And then two, when you become a free agent, you're gonna command the dollars that you really want. You know, these rookies I mean, I guess it's they're gonna do what they're gonna to wanna to do. But me, if it's nothing in sport is guaranteed in sport. You know, you get you get hurt tomorrow, you know what I'm saying? You may not ever play again. So why not, if you're going to get your guaranteed contract, why not try to get the most you possibly can? So if a sucky team wants to draft you number three, versus the team you really want is going to be at number ten, and that's a, and that's a that's a difference of maybe five or six hundred thousand dollars. Give me my money, because eventually, you know how high it is in the NBA. It's all clippish. If you become that dude and you have that click and you have that team that you want to play with with that person, you'll find a way to get there because they're making it happen that So I don't see, you know, I. But that's just my opinion.
0: I agree with you. Um, to be honest, I just think that the players are at the point where if they're trying to control the narrative, it's a shame. Um, I understand that teams, the business side of things, teams are going to be teams. And it's a business aspect of it. But I also understand that from a money aspect of it, I just don't see why if the team that you might not want still picks you, just prove that, you you know, you don't, you could just still, the whole goal is to prove that you're worth, not for your first contract, but for your second contract. And Mm -hmm. if teams see you as a team player, they're going to look into that and say, you know what? He's a team player. I think we, you know, he hasn't done anything wrong. He just played his position. He worked his butt off. We'll give him the you know the money that he I this, you know, as a team, I think he deserves this amount of money. But it sets a bad precedent when you are already telling teams you don't want to work out for them. Um yeah. i.e., and to be honest, it's almost a similar situation we talked about last year with Lonzo Ball, because the only team he wanted to work out for was for the Lakers. Now, granted, you know, Lakers had the second pick. So even if they did, you know. The only way that wouldn't have worked out is if Philly picked Lonzo ball. But he did it was he controlled it the situation and it just fell into his lap. That's why he didn't want to work out for other teams. But regardless of the fact, teams out there is gonna frown upon people that don't wanna be a part of that particular team. And who's to say that down the road you're going to be traded to that team? So, you know, you have to you have to look at all options here. Don't just think – and this is for rookies. Don't just think that you control being on – you don't want to be on this particular team means that you're not going to be this on this particular team for the rest of your life. Who knows? You may be out looking to be a part of something or you may be a free agent. No team may other may, may want to sign you other than the team that you, of course, um, nixed during that draft. And then if they look at you like, Yo, you're the same person that nicks me in the drive. Why should we bring you aboard as a, as, a, as a, you know, as a player? So, you know, just be careful what you wish for all because what goes around comes around.
1: And it's interesting you bring that up. Like, you know, I touched back on your Alonzo Ball statement. I, I guarantee the Lakers wish they can go back. I mean, D'Angelo Russell probably wasn't quite the player that they were hoping for. But I guarantee I wish they I bet they're sitting there thinking like, well damn, I wish we kinda kinda held on to D'Angelo and maybe draft a Jason Tatum number two. Because think about think about how the Lakers would be with Tatum on that squad. You know what I mean? I mean, think about how things would be so much different if Lonzo didn't kinda handicap himself. Well handicap the Lakers pretty much, because by all the crap that the father and all this stuff that they talked about prompted the Lakers to then, tra- you know, trade Mosgoff and, and D'Angelo Russell to the Nets to get who they got just so that they can, you know, make the space for, uh, for Lonzo to become the point guard. And granted, Lonzo may turn around and be a player that they hope that they can be, but then fast forward to now. The Lakers said they anybody in their squad uh traded, including Lonzo. And that's just the number two pick from last year. I mean, these guys gotta wake up and kind of be smart. I mean, Lonzo was okay in college; he wasn't great. But then again, you know, what what the scouts know? I mean, did anybody see Donovan Mitchell coming in and doing what he was gonna do? I mean, people uh, people kind of knew Jason Tatum was gonna be a, was gonna be a player, but nobody knew Jason Tatum was gonna be that player. You know, um, it's crazy. It's, it's, I mean, the, the draft is a crapshoot. But in the same sense, if I'm an agent and you're under me, I'm going to tell you flat out like, dude, don't, don't do this. You're only hurting yourself and you're only hurting your value because if you are who you think you are, regardless of the team, you go out there and ball out. You could be that team. You could be the face of that team. You'll get all the endorsements. And then when you're ready, you take your, you take your services to wherever you want to go and be that new dude.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. And it makes me wonder because agents are not going to be truthful with their their clients. Um, basically, it's just whatever you guys say, we'll do what we can to get that money so that I can get paid as well, which is unfortunate because in the, in the end, they're not really helping out their clients in the long run. They're helping them out for right now. So, But we'll see how that plays out. Um, the NBA draft is tomorrow. So, and who's to say there won't be some more willing dealings um to happen uh but it was a funny thing that you sent that um that um message about today being um dwight howard trade um draft oh. day trade. Oh, yeah <laughs> I didn't know last year that that exactly happened on that same date. that's kind of funny
1: they said it kicked off uh, all the trades,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see how that being that kicks off all the trades. Um, real quick, though, I do want to say this before we move on. Um, as far as NBA, the, speaking of dra- the trades, um, I know there's going to be a lot more trades, Either if not tonight, definitely by tomorrow, um, during draft day. But I will say this. If I'm looking for younger players on the NBA team, excuse me, free agency-wise, as soon as free agency hits, I would take a step back. Wait for all the big names to drop before going after any of the other players. And I'm saying this directly at Brooklyn. Um, me being the next fan I am, I have to say this. Don't go after the big name superstars right now. You got one year. Uh, so for this one year, go after the low-key names. There's going to be fallout from all the big name signing, especially if LeBron goes to L.A., especially if Paul George goes to L.A. Some of those players on LA, the Lakers, wherever, some of those players, those young players, is not going to get re-signed. That's who you should go after. So I would, my suggestion would be to wait, and I'm pretty sure that they're doing this. But my suggestion would be to wait until all the big name signings is done, and then just go in and swoop all the younger talent, and just build from there. That's on my old pitch to it.
1: Not to not to, to sway away from uh, from the draft because you know draft is important. And I'm sure we'll have our reactions and and all that good stuff come next week. Well, let's take a step back. Um, you know, we saw what Ovechkin has been doing as far as his party is concerned. Now that the the I'm sorry, the Capitals won their first championship. You know. In all due respect, you know, it's a long season, they deserve to be as happy and party as hard and as long as they want because that's what you know, that's what you get to pay the big bucks to do because your your whole goal is to win championships and bring glory to your city. But then you have Golden State and you have Swaggy P talking about taking a step back again. Canada just will be legalizing weed. Within the next couple months and making it legal for the entire country of Canada. Swaggy P wants to make cocaine legalized. And he says people should go out there and try cocaine. Is Swaggy P now putting a target on his back for increased drug testing? Because now he's pretty much put it out there that he's either done cocaine, is doing cocaine, and likes cocaine. <laughs> And I, I just think it's the most ridiculous comment anybody can come out there and say, especially if you're an athlete making the type of money that you make, why the hell would you come out of your mouth and say legalize cocaine?
0: Now, now I will say from what I'm hearing, I, I'm, from a lot of people, it was just the fact that he was just making a, a joke about that. It was all in fun. Someone kind of took it out of context He did say that, you know, like, he was laughing when he said it from what the people are saying. He was laughing when he said it. Um, It was in conversation about, you know, Canada making, you know, legalizing marijuana. So, he, in jokingly, he was like, oh, you know what? They should legalize cocaine while they had it as well. It's from what I was told, that's been how it was portrayed. And then somebody took it and kind of went left. I don't know if it's true or not, so don't quote me on that. But from what I heard, Swaggy P was all in jokes and good fun about it, laughing the whole time when he said those words. So it could have been, like I said, I don't know. Um, whether he's still feeling the effects off of the Henny back in the parade, I don't know. Um I'm just saying that there are rumors saying that he was just jokingly about it. But even if that's the case, he needs to come out with a press release and said that he was joking when he made that comment because he has to set the record straight. Because if he doesn't set the record straight, everybody's going to assume this and they're going to look at him a lot harder. And I don't think he wants that unwarranted attention going forward. So um, me personally, I think he really needs to set the record straight before it hurts him even more.
1: I agree because if I'm an NBA exec or I'm, I'm in the I'm NBA front office and I'm hearing this, joking or not, I'm like, yeah, okay, we're going to target you for like five more additional drug tests, random drug tests, off-season drug tests because it's one thing to talk about weed. It's another thing to talk about cocaine and you talk about the the great Lynn Bias who died of cocaine the night he was he got drafted by the Celtics, I think he was standing there almost 30 years ago, you know, where uh, he would have been, I'm sure, a great player for the Celtics in the NBA, but cocaine took his life. I don't think the NBA will take the likes of that comment lightly. And it, I'm sure, I'm hoping his agent got in his ear. I'm hoping Golden State's management got in his ear. and was like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> you know, and set the record straight very quickly because if not, yeah, he's he setting himself up for some serious situations.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, that would be so crazy to come after just winning a championship and then to have your whole legacy go down like that. I mean, that would be worse off than what D'Angelo, quote-unquote, did with you with Rita. So, you know, that that would be far more worse. So mm-hmm. if I'm him, like, he needs to set that record straight and do, he, do it quickly. Um, I agree. So um, hopefully he'll get that chance to do it. You better do
1: it sooner than later. <laughs> definitely,
0: definitely. Um, well... We can continue more about the NBA and what happens after the draft next week. Um, But getting down to a little bit of some – I guess we could talk about the upcoming uh, trade deadline for the Major League Baseball. Um, If there's anything that you want to add in that regard.
1: Major League Baseball, you know, you got your teams that are really good and they're trying to secure – Secure some good pro you know, some good talent to to kind of land them or lead them into the playoffs. And then you have some uh you have some really bad teams who have some really good players that are attempting to make those playoff bound teams even better. Case in point you have Manny Machado from the Baltimore Orioles who is tearing it up offensively. But the Orioles suck. (laughs) The Orioles are like 20-51, 20 and 51, I, I believe, and you know I will check it right now, uh, and let you know exactly what their record is. Because living in the Baltimore area, I have to hear the gloom and doom every day. Especially being this, you know, avid listener of sports radio. And yes, I am correct. They are 20 and 51, 28 and a half games out of first, 28 and a half games out of first place. And there's no amount of winning streaks that can get them to the point where they could be in contention to even attempt to try to make the playoffs. I mean they could try, but they're just too far back. So I mean they can win twenty games in a row right now and there's still nine games or eleven games under under five hundred. <laughs> you know, where you got the Yankees and the Red Sox. Who are 48-22 and 49-25 and 25 respectively. So the Yankees could lose 10 games, the Orioles can win 20, and there'll still be 18 games left. And <laughs> you know, so with that being said, Manny Machado being the fourth, you know, the, the leader on the Orioles team to to, to kind of make a splash on a team, a playoff-bound team in, in, in Major League Baseball. I heard some rumblings that he might. The Arizona might be trying to uh, bring them to their squad to kind of lead them on the charge in the West because, you know, the Dodgers and the Giants lurking. Uh, and you never know. They could be trying to secure a wild card spot because it's going to be tough uh, for Arizona, especially with the, 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 uh, the type of town that LA has. So they know that Anna Machado, uh, another big bat, will give them an opportunity to win more games. But uh, the Orioles also have a ton of talent that is halfway decent that could possibly uh, help other teams as well. But this is, time, this is a time of year where, in baseball, where it's coming down to the trade deadline in July, where it's separating <laughs> the weak from the strong. But Baltimore came out the gate week, and they, they just uh, they should just <laughs> tell everybody, man. The way they talk about it down here, it's more like this: this get what you can, just get the most prospects, the most whatever for all the players that you possibly can. Bring up all the dag um all the good players from the uh, from the farm system, and this is watch them play. Because I'd rather watch that team play, even though they're going to suck. At least we know what our future is going to be, versus having all this high-priced talent on the team. And we're still sucking.
0: (laughs) Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think that eventually um, they're going to do something as far as firing the head coach?
1: Now, that is an interesting question. Buckshaw Walter is the coach, and um, I want to say it's Danny Kett, who is the general manager. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking that if they fire the general manager, how do you not fire the coach? Because if you bring in a new general manager, more than likely the general manager is going to want to bring in a coach mm-hmm. uh, of his life. Um, personally, uh, I, from what I'm hearing, especially talking with the Orioles, they're, they're saying a lot like the, the mentality that they've had over the years when they were good in 2000 it was 2013, 2014, 2015, and those years, where they didn't necessarily go after all of the elite type of players, but they had good enough players that did well. And that sustained success was good over that, those course of years with Buck Walter. But then this year, you know, after having the collapse that they did in the second half of last season where they were in first place, most of the season last year, and then had an awful of September. And they fell all the way out of the playoffs completely. And then this particular season, they're almost halfway here, and they're just straight trash. Um, they're talking about possibly firing both, but it's, it's still up in the air. Buck Showalter is a proven proven uh, skipper, as they like to call him in baseball. Um, but it was a funny comment they, they, they had today or yesterday where they said that, well, if he was such a, good, such a good coach, how come the Yankees fired him? And I had to take a pause. I was like, yeah, he was – he did lead the Yankees. The Yankees weren't terribly – they weren't bad, but they weren't great. They were, in my opinion, then his year's coaching was probably above mediocre, even though we were winning 80-plus games a season. But that's just not Yankee baseball. You know, and maybe Buckshaw Walter is the type of coach that could probably get you to a playoff, but isn't that type of coach that can possibly take you to the mountaintop. So, I mean, it it would be warranted. I mean, he had a great run, and I'm sure, you know, he's still relatively young. He's still in his early 60s, so he could land, latch on to another team, you know, and be a skipper or a coach for another team in the Major League Baseball if he really wants it. But I truly believe, that Baltimore just needs to just blow it all the way up and just, just start from the foundation and pull a Houston Astros. Ah. You know, just put, put it to their fans and I look, we're going to have to do a full, you know, pull a Sixes move. Trust the process. You got you to believe that what we're doing now, these two or three years are going to be tough. But when we get back to where we need to be, we're going to be great again. But you just got to trust the process. And I think that's where they need to go. Because, I mean, Houston has done it. Kansas City has done it. So it's it's proven that you could destroy it, blow it all the way up, you're going to have some really crappy years. But then once the talent is there and everybody's in place, they can have sustained success for at least two to three years once they get right. But it's going to take two to four years of bad baseball to get that two plus years after that of great baseball. And, I mean, it's already been bad now, so why not just continue that bad and get where they need to be?
0: So let me ask you a quick question before we go. So in just in teams in general, if they say that we're going to rebuild, um, do you really believe that that in those two to three years, they can't really just say that they're going to rebuild and not blow up anything? But basically they're saying like, you know, you're basically saying, hey, look, if we're going to do a rebuild, we need to shut everything down, trade our best assets, get, you know, upcoming talent, potential talent back for the next two or three years instead of just doing it step-by-step, just completely doing an overhaul. Do you believe in doing it a complete overhaul or doing it from a step-by-step process?
1: I don't believe you need to do a complete overhaul if you're a a 500 team or slightly above a 500 team. Obviously, you have some pieces in in place. Maybe a good trade or two will propel you to the next level. Um, But if you're perpetually bad, um, like the Orioles have been now for pretty much half of last, maybe for the last quarter of last season and all of this season. Obviously, what they thought they had isn't working, and it's not getting any better. In this case, I think they should blow it up. Um, but it all depends. I mean, Miami with Derek Jeter is blow, you know, blew it up. But then in retrospect. He blew it up, and the team is playing a heck of a lot better than what people are giving them credit for. So maybe the influence of some youth and some unknown names will bring a little bit of excitement because they're going to play a little bit better and possibly bring a different style of baseball that they're accustomed to in that particular in that particular city, um, and bring some some general some general good play. So sometimes blowing it up is not a bad thing, but I think it's at it's a point. If you've had some success and you had a down year, I don't think you need to blow it up. But if you're seeing a succession of down, of, of being down, where it's not going to get any better, players aren't playing up to expectations, then I think yeah, just blow it up. It's just, you know, it's it's baseball. It's, it's going to happen. You know, it's one thing if you start off kind of bad. But then you 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 have stretches where you're really hot, and you're playing to be a 500 team. But in Baltimore's case, in Kansas City's case, because uh, Kansas City has a second worst baseball, second worst record in baseball, at 22 and 51 versus uh, 20 and 51 for uh, Baltimore. You know, I think Kansas City realized that they blew it up. They got where they needed to be. They won a World Series. The second time around, when they went to the first year, and next year they won it, and now they're back to square one. And so it works. I mean, you'll probably have more down, more bad than good. But Baltimore is a prideful organization, you know. Though I can't stand them. You know, I love my Yankees. Um, so we expect Baltimore to be pretty good, you know. So I don't to see them playing this poorly when Tampa Bay. Was supposed to be the bottom feeder of the of, of the division in the AL East, and they're playing a lot better baseball than Baltimore. It Just goes to show that yeah, maybe they need to do something, and other teams in that particular situation need to do the same.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that where everybody thinking that Tampa Bay was going to be <laughs> be where they are and exactly. see how they how well they're playing, if I'm the other teams that had a a a, a a Worse record than them than Tampa Bay, that should be a cause for concerns. Sure. Um, no Worst matter record.
1: if you got a worse record than Miami, and what after Jeter, what Jeter did give up, pretty much gave uh Stanton to the Yankees for a solid cast or a bunch of nothing, pretty much traded away all their good players. But yet, Miami right now has a 29 or 46 record, whereas Baltimore is 20 and 51. Yeah. <laughs> Miami has no talent, and they're out playing Baltimore. Hell, Miami played Baltimore, and Miami took the series from Baltimore. What does that tell you, dude? <laughs> your team is trash.
0: <laughs> no, but but again, this goes back to my question: Is it because of the not not the players, but is it more of the coach than the players itself? Because if the players are supposed to be more talented than <laughs> than Miami, then is that more of the players' aspect of it, or is it because of the coach now motivating them to play at their best? That's the question I have. That'll be the final question I, today. I, I,
1: I think it was Miami's case. Miami just, you know, probably a scenario where they just don't realize their true potential, and they're probably just playing to have fun. And you know, they understand that they're not the best group of players in the world. Probably like nothing say, to lose. Exactly. Whereas you. if they were on other teams, they probably wouldn't be playing in other, in other organizations just because they're just not the top players in their organization. But Baltimore has quality proven guys. You know what I'm saying? And maybe it does have some, some dealing with the uh, with the coaching staff, not getting what they can get out of the players. But I think in, in this situation as well, in baseball, being baseball is such a long... Season, you play so many games that emotionally, you know, you really invested in emotionally in baseball. So when you're down, these jokers have been down, and they've been, you know, it's so much like they've been down, and they've been kicked while they're down, and they're continually being kicked when they're down. And they, as soon as they try to sit there and try to get their bearings, and they win maybe three games in a row, then they'll lose seven, eight games in a row. And then they'll win a game, and then they'll lose seven more in a row. And they just can't seem to get out of that funk. They have some decent, decent pitching from the um, from the pitching staff, but yet they can't score runs. And that's the biggest thing, you know. In, the, in, in years past, Baltimore have proved, pride themselves in hitting a lot of home runs and not playing small ball. Now, their pitching is atrocious. They're not hitting home runs, and when they do, they only hit and throw the solo hole now, cause they they can't get anybody on base, so they can't score runs. So even like last night, um, I, they, I'm not sure if they scored the day. I think it was, they was there on the rain that they played the Nationals. But <clears throat> last night they played the Nationals. Do you think if you score seven runs against the Nationals, you win? <clears> Orioles <throat> had a five to one lead against the Nationals and end up losing nine to seven. How do you give up a five, you know, a four one lead? and you end up losing, losing by two. You know, that's just that's just the mentality of the team. They're just, they're just so bad right now. They're probably like the Cleveland Browns in <laughs> the NFL, of the NBA. You know what I mean? They, they're trying, but no matter what they do, they just can't seem to come out on top. The
0: so they shoot themselves in the foot.
1: Pretty much. <laughs> and when they get good pitching performances from pitchers, those pitchers still lose because they only give up two runs but if you only
0: score one, you ain't going to win. You no. know? <laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you on that. Um, but we can talk more about the major league and the Baltimore um, fiasco that is the Baltimore Orioles. Um, but we kind of ran out of time. <laughs> so we can continue this more next week. So I'd like to thank you guys for listening to another podcast. Man, hey, let them know where they can reach you at.
1: Let me just go get this this time. You can find me on Twitter, on CatDaddy1963, CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And no, I do not have a burner account. But if I did, I'd be spying on my co-host. Actually, <laughs> talking all types of junk and jazz.
0: <laughs> um, yes, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Again, Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. No burner accounts here. Um, <laughs> I thank everybody for checking us out um, I know Earl still wants to talk about that uh, eventually when he comes back from special assignment he can talk about the Burner Accounts in Philadelphia because I know he's been wanting to get to that as much as possible um, for everybody um, checking us out on the podcast you can now check us out Guys Talking Sports is now on Instagram as well Um, hat on uh, it's at guys talking sports Um, one word Um, trying to do the same thing with Twitter as well to get things going on that aspect of it so you could catch all of our clips all of our videos and stuff on instagram are partially of all our clips and videos and podcasts and you can also check us out on youtube we also have a youtube channel out there now guys talking sports so you can check us check us out there as well and subscribe make sure you subscribe to whether you're on youtube subscribe on instagram subscribe on twitter subscribe to our personal, um, our, our Twitter accounts, our social media, subscribe everywhere. Uh, make sure you like us, give us a thumbs up if you like us, of course, and check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, um, Instagram, uh, Google Podcasts, of course. So we'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Catch us next time on Guys Talking Sports. We should have the full cast here, and we'll catch y'all next time when we talk more sports and what's going on in the sports world today. So until then, God bless, take care, good night, go to sleep, get some rest, do some things. We out.